Want to know some more fun facts? Isn't it awesome to see some of your favorite content creators and favorite people, honestly, follow here on this app? Be a part of this amazing community called The Nerd Initiative. Welcome to Fandoms, a show from every fan's point of view. Brought to you by the Nerd Initiative Network. Here's your hosts, Tony and Michael. Welcome to a new season of Fandoms. This is season two, episode one. Michael, how are you doing? Doing very good. Excited for this. Well, Michael, you know, like we said before, we're doing a new format for Fandoms. Uh, our, our whole motto at the beginning of the show is a show from every fan's point of view. And this season, we're really going to focus mm -hmm. on giving those different points of views. And tonight is, today is very special uh, who we have. Um, I met Jade Rogers at the Good Morning America segment where we were surprised with tickets to the Guardians of the Galaxy red carpet premiere. And just during our conversation in the green screen, finding out about the foundation that she founded and is the chief innovation officer for, um, I got excited and it was something that I knew that we had to share uh, with Nerd Initiative and with our fan base. And, and so, Michael, uh, I really want to just... Uh, you know, introduce you to her and definitely learn more about the House of Afro's Capes and Curls. Can't wait and hope you guys enjoy. All right, let's get into it. So, Jade, welcome. Hello. So, first of all, um, <laughs> good morning, America. Uh, how are you feeling from that still? I'm still floored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on the floor. I haven't quite gotten up yet. And it really still hasn't hit me but you know it was we do it for the kids we do it for the kids yeah i mean so you 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 were you were willing to do the segment specifically to get the word out for your foundation for your group um and then of course they did a, i mean I, I i went back later on and saw the the kind of the introduction that they gave us and I, I remember just being super excited how they, they kind of like, they really told a good a bit of your story. I remember looking at my interview and be like, wow, for 30 minutes of interview, I got, you know, you get like a couple segments of the, where they really just kind of throw you off with all the questions that they ask. Mm -hmm. um, but really they, 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 they did, they leaned in um, on your foundation and for good reason. And you were going there for that purpose. I mean, even if you look at your, your Instagram and everything else, like you, you promoted it as if, you know, you, you were going on to talk about the House of Afroscapes and Curls. How did you feel once you realized that wasn't the intent? So the introvert in me, this is the reason that I have a nerd organization because I'm an introvert. I can be extroverted. And most of my friends are also introverted. So, of course, it's so much easier for me to talk about the house and the organization than to focus on me so yeah i'm sitting over here squirming thinking about walking someplace in an outfit with cameras and no i'm not real comfortable with that yet but you know i keep saying we do it for the kids because as a teacher that's that was our line just do it for the kids just do it for the kids so <laughs> i'm just trying to focus on other things so yeah tell us about the organization i think we kind of i want to get that story of how it came together, what it's all about. Um, Cause that, that's something we definitely want to um, 
get in full everything mm. about the house. Oh my gosh. There's so much. So uh, the House of Afros, Capes and Curls um, was really just me starting game nights to get the people that I knew in the community together, my friends, together at one table to play games. One, because I'm an introvert. Two, because I was moving back to Nebraska from being in D.C. for almost 10 years and didn't really know what was happening in the community, wanted to, to find out what was really going on and how things were progressing and um, saw that there were some really good networking opportunities with people that I knew, but they didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. So it, there were a few things, a few reasons why I wanted to get people at one table. Um, and getting them to the table, I learned a few things. Um, I am, I'm Black, I'm African-American, and growing up in Omaha, Nebraska, we are, I think, maybe 11, 12% of, of the population now. Um, I'm really comfortable going into spaces where I know there probably won't be any other Black people or people that look like me. But not everyone has that same level of comfort. So getting people to the table and talking about games and Game of Thrones, because that was the impetus for getting everybody at the table, having one conversation about Game of Thrones and not 10. Um, And talking about going to Renaissance fairs and Comic-Con, you know, conventions across the the Midwest. People were coming up to me saying, I've never been to anything like that. Well, can I go with you? And I'm like, why are you whispering? Like, it was just over and over again. People were talking about, you know, I go to the comic book store. Why are you whispering? So I realized that there was, there was something there. And when I would go to my local game stores or the comic book stores, I realized I am the only one that I see in here. So I started having conversations with the owners that I felt comfortable with and finding out, you know, is there an audience for, for building some kind of community around people of color, marginalized people, people that don't feel comfortable, women, Mm -hmm. in going into these spaces together? And the resounding answer was yes. So I kept doing the game nights. The game nights were also, I learned, I had lots of games and we were having a, you know, a growing game library, but for the first year or so, people didn't really play the games. It was really just an opportunity for people to get together and talk Mm -hmm. and talk Mm -hmm. about what's going on in the world, what's going on at work, what's going on in the community. And people started networking and doing things and forming, you know, like partnerships and entrepreneur programs together Mm -hmm. based on them coming to our game nights. Mm -hmm. So there, it just kind of spiraled and kept going and kept going. And I really, pushed away from making it a formal organization for a long time because I've done nonprofit most of my adult life (laughs) and I knew what that was like having to work that but the need for it was there and uh, it was really Black Panther the premiere in 2018 that that did it that's the thing we i made an offhanded comment. Oh, it'd be really cool if we could do a black history program before the premiere of black Panther. And a couple of my friends were like, we're going to do that. And I said, huh? <laughs> what? And we got a theater and I told them 
all the things I wanted to do. I said, I want children dancing. I want a choir. I want this, this, and this. And they were like, okay. I was like, oh my God. So we had a full black history program. That was about 45 minutes to an hour, including, you know, conversation before the movie. And everyone was just like, so engaged. We had, um, it, it was just, we literally did have people dancing and spoken word poetry and people with their costumes parading in the front and uh, a choir led us with the the singing of the Black National Anthem. So it was a full Black history program. Um, And after that, we realized, and it was sold out. And they asked me to do another day before that even happened. So we ended up doing it twice doing panel discussions after both movies Ah, and we had after parties after both with live bands and every we just had so much engagement that people were like what's next was and i was like i don't (laughs) i have a full-time job so that's really where the the love of trying to do something different came from and that's so the House of Afros, Capes and Curls existed before, but it was really just me. I like to name things. And it was really just the game nights. But the Black Panther movie was really the thing that cemented, this is an organization that tries to bring people together in a different way. So that's our mission. And, and not only is it bringing a group of people, you're, you're giving, you're giving a, a, a POC representation, especially in Nebraska. Um, but I think the thing that really caught my attention when we were talking way back, you know, with Good Morning America was the fact that you're using your educational background to really kind of instill. I mean, even, and, and I know you want to talk about this, you know, as it's coming down the road, um, <laughs> you're going to do your, your steampunk tea party again in June for the Juneteenth separate celebration. Even looking at your yearbook that you had, like there was, there was like, there were entries of, of educational things about Nebraska, about, about Juneteenth, about, you know, mm-hmm. that, that really resonated to, you're not just bringing people together, for their fandoms, but you're also, you're also providing a service of educating so that we don't forget the past. Yeah. That's, I'm an educator first. I'm a historian by trade and I'm a nerd all day long. So any opportunity to bring those three things together in a way that I never thought I possibly could, um, that's what the house of Afros, Capes and Curls is. And so our signature events uh, look at the past, the present, and the future. So the Juneteenth Steampunk Tea Party is really a celebration of Black Victorian excellence and looking at the activists, the um, the academics, the inventors, the people that were creating Juneteenth because they were either enslaved at the time that slavery ends or the first generation born after it. So they're the reason that we have the holiday in the first place. So I really wanted to, as Juneteenth was becoming a federal holiday, make it something that really meant something. It's not just an occasion to just have a party because it's not that kind of holiday, Mm. but I wanted to, so I wanted something that was filled with joy but also honored the past. So that's what the Steampunk Tea Party really is. And the um, AfroCon is our, it's our second event that I just 
again, I opened my mouth and I said, ha, we should do AfroCon. And they were like, we're going to do that. And I said, oh, how are we going to do that? <laughs> and 2023 will be year five for AfroCon. So, wow. Yeah. And you, I mean, Steampunk Tea Party is going to be in Chicago. And then you have, I mean, tell us about all the places you've been to. I mean, that's pretty surreal too. Like you said, it, it all started with like a game night. And then now you have so many different genres of fandoms. You have history. You have celebrating marginalized, um, you know, groups. You, you have so much. It's like an orchestra of all these different important components. But also, mm-hmm. like, how surreal is it to be, you know, where where all the places you've gone to? I mean, that just shows you that the the, the country is accepting and and hungry for something like this. That you're going. You know Chicago, and then you know obviously we we know about the premiere you know later on, mm-hmm. but I mean all these different events all around the country. That's that's got to be a surreal moment for this whole progression. Well, the tea party is actually in Omaha, okay. but because of me reaching out to the Chicago um, Chicago Steampunk Exposition folks and telling them, hey, you know I'm coming, and I think I have a couple friends that are coming with me. They did say can we partner with you? We looked at your organization. We want to work with you. And I was like, oh my gosh. So there is something that is going to be there. And, um, and it's odd that you asked that question because when I was out in California, I had a few friends that were like, hey, we should do a game night because, you know, we should have the house in California. It's like, okay. So we, we did, we got, um, we got a, 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 game shop that oh my gosh i can't remember the name of it right now but it's in Hemet and it was great and i love them and we did a game night in Hemet, california they want to do another one <laughs> um i was in baltimore for a long time in the this past winter and was talking about the house and people were like hey we should do something in baltimore so there is there is something to that that's awesome. I also think we lost Tony just now. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll jump back in. Um, and I will, I could keep it going, but, <laughs> but <laughs> what is he doing? I think his Wi-Fi probably gave out. Luckily, uh, you know, the good thing about it is luckily I, right before we jumped on, I switched to my account that's on this one. Mm-hmm. So it didn't drop the the entire call, which is good. Um, oh, good. So that's good to know. What's up, fandoms? It's Mickey, also known as Cell Phone Wallet Keys, and I want to talk about Star Wars. Star Wars Celebration has come and gone, but the massive amount of news and content we've gotten is overwhelming. It's like a big pile of treasure. Would you look at that? And in that treasure, there's one gem that shines brighter than all the others and just happens to catch my eye. Star Wars Visions Season 2. We got an amazing trailer with so many different types of animation. And we knew going in that Season 2 would not be as anime heavy. But to finally see some footage, it is inspiring to see Star Wars through the eyes of people from different cultures and lifestyles and traditions. It really does look like a celebration of animation from around the world with an assortment of styles and stories that'll have something for everyone in the family. For example, look at United Kingdom's Ardman Studios, the minds behind Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. 
Ireland's Cartoon Saloon, popular for Wolf Waker, Song of the Sea, and The Secret of Kells. India's 88 Pictures, the studio that brought Guillermo del Toro's kid series Troll Hunters to life. The French studio La Cachette that animated Jindy Tartakovsky's Primal series. We have Spain's El Giri, Chili's Punk Robot, South Korea's Studio Mir, Japan's De Arch Stagio, and South Africa's Triggerfish. I love what these animated shorts do for the Star Wars universe. We have an expansion of lore, uh, interesting and new colorful characters, and most importantly, the introduction of new fresh ideas. It all embodies what makes Star Wars so great. Mystery, adventure, and magic. Be sure to catch season two of Star Wars Visions, May the 4th, that's right, Star Wars Day, on Disney+. I'm Cell Phone Wallet Key signing off, and fandoms, you're looking more beautiful than ever. Have a good night. Um, yeah. So I want to get, I mean, Tony's going to be sad he missed this, but I want to keep, <laughs> keep the flow going until he comes back in. Okay. We always love asking people their nerd origin stories. Um, oh, yeah. And it I, again, steampunk is one that, I have never, you know, I've I've been aware of, I've covered as like a journalist a little bit here and there, and I'm fascinated by it. But it seems like you have such an eclectic mix of of things that you're fandoms fans of. Um, I would love to hear like what your first experience with it, and, and obviously you have a history background. So I'm excited for this story. Like, what was your first experience with any kind of fandom, uh, and that kind of something that like gripped you and kind of, you know, really barrowed into your kind of like soul basically like right what was that first you know thing that got you you know i think it's a combination of a couple of things and i and i do remember being five or six years old and and all of those things being melded into my brain at the same time one my siblings are significantly older than me so there was a lot of star trek like that was the one thing that I feel like there was no competition for the television for, of course, I, that was not my choice. I wanted Sesame street, but every, (laughs) everyone seemed to be around to watch star Trek. And that's still kind of the case. Um, But I also, and then I I think in the good morning America piece, I talked about my brother and the comic books. Mm -hmm. I was looking at comic books before I could read and um, star Wars. Uh, I remember going to see Star Wars. I was, what, six? And it was the first movie that I saw. And I remember that my family made a big deal about it. The first movie that I saw that I didn't have nightmares. And why Darth Vader didn't give me nightmares, I still don't know. But it was just something about it. I just loved that movie. And they made a big deal about, oh, my God, you didn't have any nightmares. I was like, no, I love that movie. Yeah, I remember that to this day. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, I, yeah, I. it's funny. I think Star Trek fits in there, too. But Star Wars, to me, there's always, like, the downsides of the fandom. Um, but at its peak, it's a beautiful thing with the generational love that you see and parents and their children and I mean, that's one of the things where I, you know, I've been to Celebration a few times, I've covered it, and it's, it's, it really is like the pinnacle to me when you see that family bond 
And I, I can imagine with Star Trek too, because again, it's another another uh, fandom that's been around for you know forty, fifty years, and, and still going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me message Tony. See what he's up. If he's how he's doing. Okay. He's gonna be sad he missed your uh, Earth origin <laughs> story because I thought it's a really good one too. Um, how are you doing, bud? <laughs> <laughs> of course. We've never, I've never, we've never lost them before. This is the first time. Oh, wow. It's- Hello, and welcome back to Pooja's Pits. My name is Pooja, and I'm here to bring you the latest in movie news. Let's get into it for the week. Renfield stars Nick Cage, Nicholas Holt, and Aquafina in this bloody vampire story that centers around Dracula's lackey, Renfield, who is desperate to be free of his boss's chains and live a life of his own. Nick Cage has always been one to keep the weird vibes going in the movies he's in, and after seeing an unhinged version of Holt in 2022's The Menu, I'm so excited to see him in a role that seems equally unhinged. Japan is on the brink of disaster in Suzume, the new Japanese anime film from Komix, Wave Films, and Toho. It's not until a young teenage girl named Suzume sets out to save her country using her supernatural abilities to close off mysterious doors that are wreaking havoc across Japan. If this film is anything like other anime films that we've gotten in the past, like Your Name and A Silent Voice, then there's a high chance we might be walking out of the theaters teary-eyed. So don't forget to bring some tissues. Heading back in time to the 1700s, Kelvin Harrison Jr. is Joseph Ballone in Chevalier. The film focuses on the French-Caribbean violinist and composer who quickly rises to fame. But amidst the extreme racism and complicated love affairs, he finds himself in a falling out with Marie Antoinette as his life starts to spiral. If you're a history buff or a fan of orchestral music or maybe a bit of both, this movie is one that you've got to check out. Well, that's all that we have for this week, but be sure to tune in to the next episode for more of Pooja's Picks. Until then, back to Tony and Michael. While you were gone, Tony, we discussed uh, Jade's nerd origin story, and it's a good one. Um, so apologies. I uh, I didn't want to leave dead air, so I wanted to keep talking. Um, no, no, but, that's perfect. That's but perfectly great, fine. I mean, Star Trek, Star Wars, um, a real it's it's an amazing story um and yeah uh that's kind of where we left off i'm just kind of talking about new york and la and different things like that yeah so one of the things i want to ask you about um now that i'm back in <laughs> yeah. um so so this started in nebraska but you have opportunities that are rising for this to kind of go elsewhere is that correct yes Yes. Um, so they've they've called it now the house SoCal. Um, my friends out in, I think it's technically Riverside County, um, and and in Baltimore. Baltimore is the place that I lived for a long time and went back and spent some time in December. I spent about a month and a half in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. And the more I talked about the things that I did at home, the more people were like, are you going to do that here, right? Is that here? When is the game night? What are you, what, what's happening? And I was like, oh my God, but you live here. Like <laughs> there's tons of things to do, mm-hmm. but not 
not necessarily what we're doing in the way, the way that we're doing it. So there was, there's a lot of, you know, interest in doing some things in the DMV as well. So mm. we'll see. Oh, that, that, and that's super exciting, especially like, cause I, we, we, we made this connection um, when we were at the green, you know, you were in DC, you know, I'm, I'm Northern, I've been in Northern Virginia my, all my life. And so, you know, knowing how there's, there, there are things out here. Um, there's things like blurred con and, you know, there are opportunities for, for groups, but at the same time, there, there could be so much more. And mm-hmm. especially when it comes to something like what you're doing, where not only does it provide, you know, this 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 safe space but it also provides this educational background i think like i said before that's that's what really resonates with me is you know bringing it back to an educational standpoint that you know you're making it fun but you're also keeping keeping that that awareness of what's come before and and i think that's just the most important thing and i'm excited about that well you know that that was the one thing that i said if i'm going to do an organization i have to have an educational component and there has to be something for young people um primarily because people were coming to game night and events without their kids and i would continually say you know this is a family friendly thing (laughs) you can bring the kids but they wouldn't they're like no i got a babysitter so i created um the young history detectives for a lot of the kids that were associated with folks that were coming to the game nights and and my friends and folks that I knew in town and some people I didn't know, but their kids are nerds and they were looking for places for their kids to be, to feel comfortable and accepted in all the things that they like and love. Um, And so the young history detectives is a, is our educational component for young people to come and be able to nerd out about all the things that they love and they like. Uh, but also learn some history, learn some history with an emphasis on uh, the African and the Black experience, and also learn how to research because um, I am an educator and citing sources is important. Doesn't matter what people say, I still take points off when your sources are not cited. <laughs> I and that. I wanted I wanted kids to be able to understand what that meant and mm-hmm. empower them in that way. Because the earlier that you learn how to do good research, you will use it for the rest of your life. And you'll just have so many more advantages to... I just really wanted the kids to learn it. So mm-hmm. the Young History Detectives have a project right now that they've been working on for the past... This is our third year. And it's the Spatial Memory Project. And it is looking at what the effects of redlining have done in North Omaha. Mm-hmm. Um, each kid gets an address. It's a residential, if they are older, because we have a mentor program with the Young History Detectives now, so that they don't age out, or a business address. And we teach them how to research the address from the 19 teens to the present day fully everything that they can find out about the whatever business was there who owned that business the types of services that they provided 
what the impact was in the community so that at the end of five years, that's what I've said is a five-year project, we will have a database of information on addresses on three particular streets in North Omaha, which is predominantly where a lot of history for Black people in the city is, mm. and be able to create a VR experience and tour of oh. North Omaha. That is so cool. Um, sorry, I sorry that I got loud. I, 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 no, I did the same thing when she told me this a while back. Like that was like the most exciting thing for me. Absolutely, because because like if you don't know, I mean, Michael, obviously you may not be in the in the VR you know realm of of the nerddom, but you know th one of the, the the things I thought was the most amazing when I first had a VR set of goggles was. They had things like the International Space Station where you learned, you actually floated through it and learned something. And then I remember, I think the, the one that made me most, the, you don't expect to go on VR and be emotionally moved, but going to the Anne Frank house and literally oh, wow. like navigating up to the, to the space and like picking up the, the diary and looking at like that, there, there is such a need for more, opportunities like that and that's the beauty of the internet right there yeah yeah and that also that gets the kids where they are because these are the things that they're interested in mm -hmm. and coding and gameplay and gamification that's where they live so mm -hmm. why not take the things that i think are important for them to learn and their parents have also <laughs> you know signed off on that mm -hmm. uh but that they get to enjoy it and I thought in the beginning with the Young History Detectives, you know, I've been a teacher for many, many years. And so I really introduced playing games in, at the very beginning. So we would spend half of our time learning things, but then the other half of it playing the games. And what I really discovered, you know, very early on, the kids were so engaged and enjoyed learning about things that they weren't learning in school that they were like, no, let's play the game next time. No, I need more time on this project. No, I need to, I need to go to this site and get this in my notes. So the, the gameplay became secondary. So wow. I have to find ways to put it back in because wow. once they get involved, they, they are going. So it's, it's a beautiful way that I can do a lot of things with kids all at once and give them the the experience of doing that in a safe space and exploring all of those things they have a hand and a say in everything that we do um all the field trips i let them you know i had to make them i had to literally make them where, find the fun they said these kids okay and we're talking fifth through 12th grade last summer when I asked them, okay, so what fun places do you want to go? They said, we could go clean the park. I said, okay, that's a great thing. <laughs> I love that spirit in you. But can we do something fun? <laughs> like, I had to, I, it was like pulling teeth because they really wanted, to, once, they, once they got together and they were all like, we're doing this thing and we're building community and we're learning about our community. That's really where their focus was. Wow. Oh, the civic mindedness of that though, that you're instilling with them. And even, even with their projects, like the, the fact that 
their end product is going to be something that's so fulfilling yeah. and rewarding that they can go back and say, I did that. That's, right, right. that's the best part about it. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't surprise me that they'd rather go clean a park than, you know, yeah. you know, look for something fun because in their mind, that's what, that's where their mindset is now. And that's the best yeah. part about it. I feel like I got and, robbed as a kid. I didn't, I, 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 I wish I would have had you as my teacher. Like, I feel like I've got, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I don't, I don't toot my horn a lot, but I do know how to teach. I, I've done it for a long time. And the other thing that is beautiful about the Spatial Memory Project is for the kids that have roots and ties here in Omaha with North Omaha, I curate all of their addresses. So they don't know going in that they are actually researching something that is associated with their family. Oh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Well, hopefully they don't watch this. <laughs> they, they they started to pick up. Some of them, yeah. you know, they, they picked up last summer that this, wait a minute, that woman in that picture looks like my grandmother. You know, there were <sighs> things like that. I was just sitting in the back, just waiting for, waiting for this kid to go through that article because he found an article in one of the black local newspapers and he was like taking notes feverishly and he was like looking and I was like, when is he going to see it? <laughs> Finally, he Jay, saw it and he was like, "Wait a minute, that's my that's grandmother." Amazing. That's yeah. that is cool. That is really, really cool. That, that, um, that's that's amazing on so many different levels. Like not only the educating part, not only the giving a safe space, but then bringing it back to them. Like you, yes, I, I do believe <laughs> we were we're, 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 we're both kind of speechless right now. I, I had a good teacher. I had a good teacher that that I remember my fifth grade teacher, Jim McCowan. He um brought the world to us we built a pyramid in our classroom we did mm. you know we did mm. things to understand like what the society was at that time you know we 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 realized more through physical experiential type things and then he even instilled i'll, I'll never forget the biggest lesson i learned was something i never got a chance to participate in because um i was selfish was he would do these coupons that you could either play in the computer lab or go help out a class. And I remember a bunch of my friends would always go help out in one of the most rambunctious pre-K classes um, as fifth graders. And then at the end of the year, they all went to Discovery Zone in the pre-K and they took all of their helpers with them. And it was that realization that you don't know what the reward is going to be, but sometimes putting in the work matters. And yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're, 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 you're making it fun and you're making them want to do it. And it, we need more, we need more of you. We need yeah, a whole lot more of you. Well, you know, I come across a lot of people. I teach college courses, I teach college history courses. And most people have either a love of history or a hate. It's, it's generally nowhere in the middle. <laughs> it's either a love or a hate. So, you know, trying to get people past the, oh, this is just learning about people that I'm not associated with mm. and a history that is, you know, somewhere back there and more into the, no, this is the thing that touched your life, that yeah. impacted you, that you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this person that did that thing. Making it all relational that drives people to want to know more. Yeah. That's the way I think history should be taught. So awesome. Yeah. 
So let me ask you this, and we can we can kind of like wrap it up because I, I again I'm gonna have to watch the show because I need to I need to know you know everything that you know that you said while I fell off of the face of the earth. <laughs> but when when looking at the opportunities that you've had, you you've been able to do all of these things. You've been able to open up the horizons for so many different people from every walk of life. Um, what would you say to someone who maybe you know, they don't have the house of Afro's capes and curls. They don't have a Jade Rogers where they're at. They feel alone. What would you recommend for them to find that, that, that place for themselves? Like, do you have any, any like resources or, or any suggestions that you might recommend? Well, we, during, you know, the world is so much smaller now mm. because of the pandemic. I think that was, the one thing that we learned during the pandemic was just how small the world really was. And mm. we at the house, you know, it's like, I don't know any other organizations that do all of the things that we do with community engagement, our events and uh, education, but there is a house online. So we do have programming that is, that lives in a, in a space online. we still have, virtual game nights i've been asked several times to start doing that again during the pandemic we were doing we generally have game nights once a month we went to two a month during the pandemic which is a lot of work so i took a break (laughs) (laughs) Um, but people have asked hey you know let's do a virtual game night again so there are some things that we are doing like that in the house community school we have conversations that are online. Um, and that's what I know and in building community. And I'm trying to gather as many nerds as I can mm. to be a part of the house because that's why it is a house. The house has lots of rooms. Um, but I don't know any other organization. I know lots of organizations, but none mm. that is doing precisely what we're doing in the way that we're doing it. So that's a, that's a hard question. Yeah. But also to to your point, you talk about the pandemic and I think that's important. I think it's weird. I, I, when I talk to people, not only the world is smaller, it's also a lot like it feels a lot colder. Um, and I, I don't know. I think we all saw the beginning of the pandemic and we figured, you know, we were cheering on frontline workers and I was in the city. I remember like it was the five o'clock or seven o'clock with the pans and people were cheering and, there was a lot of high hopes and I think we all kind of got really into our could be digital spaces or home life, mm-hmm. or we all got a lot more insular with the pandemic. It's kind of, a, and you talk about, you know, virtual, but I do think it is, there's something to be said for, like you said, doing things in person, people bringing people out of their shell, uniting people more. Yeah. We've kind of lost that. I think, um, how, how have you seen people like light up when they see, I mean, it's kind of amazing to hear, especially the story about children. Um, Cause you would just assume they're all just like into their phones, their tablets or whatever, and not really, you know, doing the classic research and learning about families and going out, you know, I think it's kind of amazing yeah. to hear. And it's, 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 a, it's almost like a, an air of hope. What's that been like? Cause it really is affecting a, a next generation in a really positive way. Yeah. Just in a positive think, way. You know, I think that we were really intentional with how we went back in person. I was, you know, 
really cautious about doing things and not going out too soon because I didn't want people to get sick. But when it seemed okay, we tried to make space for everyone mm -hmm. so that it was okay because it's state of Nebraska, city of Omaha, there was no mask mandate for mm -hmm. a long time. So we were combating lots of, you know, lots of things. But trying to make it okay for everybody that wanted to come. You can come in your mask or you don't have to come in your mask. Mm -hmm. Like we will make sure that there's lots of space. So the first few things that we did, we really tried to honor everyone and their, you know, hesitation mm -hmm. and be mindful of the fact that not everybody was ready to go back. Um, and so when we did the steampunk tea party and we were really trying to be intentional with the space that we used and the workshops that we had and having workshops in person, but also doing some things and having conversations online for people that weren't quite ready to go out and do that. So I think that that was important to be intentional about where everybody was and think about who's in the community and what do they need. But with the kids, it's been really fascinating because you would think that they would be on their phones and that I have to say, okay, put that away. But when the phone becomes a research tool, that's a different, it has a different purpose. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, pull that computer out that's in your pocket and do this, do this research. And it, it just, it did something different. Um, I, our office space is at the University of Nebraska at Omaha, which is amazing for me to be able to have kids on a college campus, fifth graders and sixth graders uh, on a college cool. campus, feeling like, they, and, and not just feeling like it's their space, it is their space. And they would go to the library every day. And we had a computer lab that we used every day. And they'd be on the computer and using the databases. Like they're doing things that college students are learning to do freshmen entering college students but i think that that all of that to get to this moment that i saw the kids on the microfilm <laughs> <laughs> oh man it that's was, a blast in the past <laughs> i know when when the librarians taught them how to use microfilm i was just like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Because they were all like, what is this thing? Like, you know, like, have no clue what these objects are. But once they figured it out, they were like, oh, my God, this is cool. Oh, my God. It's the most antiquated system. But they were like, not even using the computers anymore. They were on the microfilm. No, go back. Go back. I saw something. It was just amazing just to watch them on the microfilm. Just so you would think that that's where they would be. But when you introduce them to these things that we may think, oh, they're not going to be interested in that. You, you have to give them a reason to be interested. And if they know mm -hmm. that the information that is on there can really help you dig through who this person was that lived at this address or mm -hmm. who owned this business or, you know, there's pictures on there of, you know, old newspapers and documents. And, you know, they, they just started really getting into it in a way that even I didn't expect them to gravitate to the microfilm. 
collection the way that they did. And you know, it's been years since I've worked with microphones. So they're like showing me. I'm like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I don't hold on a second. No, that's upside down. You know, it, there's there but it's tangible. Yeah. It's tactile. So it's something that they can manipulate. And if they get it wrong, they know I'll just run it back and do it over. So it's safe. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's amazing. They just need opportunities like that. It's like, where do you go from there? That's just, that's just, well, I think it goes deeper than just like, like you get excited. First of all, you get excited. You get excited, but there's this opportunity for inclusivity for, for people who are marginalized. And then you go to the point of like, Oh, there's an education aspect. Oh, there's, you know, you're investing in, in, in these kids. These kids are wanting to be civic minded. And then you go back and you're like, Oh, I'm also helping them research their family history. Oh, and then you're giving them the tools to be able to do something that, could you imagine like you're setting them up for success in the future that all comes back to a point of like, Oh, let's, let's talk about you. I mean, you're literally said, let's talk about, you know, game of Thrones. And now you're to this point. And, and I mean, the sky's the limit. And honestly, um, you, you you said there's this resource online. I also want to make sure that we make this mention. Um, if anyone follows the QR code that's up here on the screen, um, this will take you to um, afroscapesandcurls.com. Um, I'm sorry, afroscapescurls.com, um, which is the website um, that really you can get a lot of the information from. Um, I want to I want to I want to say this. I'm, I'm just going to leave it up there. Um, is there a way? For let's say someone's viewing this, they're excited about it as much as we are. What can what can someone do? Let's say who's in Vancouver, Canada, or you know in Orlando, Florida, who really wants to get behind this? What could they do to help out mm. this 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 organization? What uh, what would you say would be something that would be needful in this time to just kind of keep momentum going for you guys? Well, <clears throat> you know, I I. I am an introvert. I'm also a proud woman, but I'm running a nonprofit. (laughs) (laughs) And your dollars (laughs) can help get another kid into that bus or get that second bus. Mm. And, you know, just every dollar does help. So the fundraising campaign is real. And that was one of the things that I was afraid about when I first started this and one of the hesitancies that I had was mm-hmm. having to be dependent upon grant dollars and foundations. And, but the community has, has been helpful and always looking for ways to, to help us. So that that's probably the biggest thing right now is helping make my budget because all of these things are so expensive. <laughs> and there is a donate okay. button on the website so we can you know also make sure that's known um also i i i don't know if if you have a link on your site but also i just want to kind of point out um there is so you have afroscapescurls.com and then there's also house of afroscapescurls.com which is kind of like the merch store correct that's one of the merch stores. Okay. We really use T Public. T Public has more of the updated um, styles and designs that that we use on a day to day basis. Um, but either one, you can get house merch. That's also helpful. Yeah. 
Or and those, and also also those those steampunk team party books are yeah. are for sale, correct? Yes, they are for sale. And beautiful. It is a hard a hard bound um, coffee table book photographs that are it is a beautiful book and not just because I did it. It's a beautiful book because the community came out mm. and they showed out. They came and there were people that over the years said, black people in Omaha are not going to dress up, Jade. No, they're not going to do that. And I would just sit back and say, okay, I'm just going to make the space and see what happens. And the Steampunk Tea Party was our first event that people came and more people came in costume than not. Mm-hmm. And we had photographers there to take portraits of people. So this photography book, this coffee table book is truly portraits of people in the community. And people have just been floored by how how good people look in steampunk victorian and western wear Mm -hmm. and they (laughs) most of the people in here had never done it before they've never done any kind of cosplay or costuming at all but they hit it out the park it was amazing Oh, and they just look joyful. Like you could just see them beaming in yeah. their in their in their portraits. Like it was, like I just remember flipping through the book with you, and and it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful, mm-hmm. kind of to see how excited, how proud they were of 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 doing it, and and yeah, I think we need more of that kind of stuff. Definitely, and and multi generational because mm-hmm. there are people in there, and their grandmothers are in the book. Ah, uh, that's awesome. So, you know, it's just it it was just a beautiful day and we try to in every event that we do, everything that we do, it the always the focus is how can we bring all of the joy out for everybody that comes. So it's a safe and inclusive space but one that is filled with joy. So I think you can see that in the portraits in the book. So I know you're an introvert, but that's a big but. Um, you and Tony met because you guys both were surprised with uh, premiere invitations to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, we're on Good Morning America 3, went to the West Coast for Oscars weekend, and I know that is a lot in itself. But for someone like yourself, who clearly... It's beyond clear has made an incredible impact on countless lives and the community that you involve and the kids that you teach again, as an introvert though, you must've gotten so many, so much love from people who were able to, you know, be involved to watch you, you know, live and, and, still have an opportunity, you know, when, when the premiere happens in a couple of weeks, what was that like coming back? Cause I know you don't, I know I can tell already, you don't want to make it about you, but I can only imagine how happy and I'm getting like happy, like just knowing you for an hour, how happy and how emotional uh, countless people must've been to see you on there when you came back just to, you know, we're so happy for you. So what was that like having the, the spotlight kind of turned on you for a second? I know that's, it's, uh, it's awkward, but it, it does deserve yeah. recognition, you know, yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> you know, I think um, I got lots of phone calls, lots of texts, um, lots of still phone calls and texts. Um, 
but the church that I attend here in Omaha, the pastor sent the link to everybody. He told everybody. I was like, why did you do that? <laughs> like, what? Like, just so there are people all over the community that have been still. Oh, my God, Jane, I saw you. Thank you. And I, you know, but it's it's I'm happy that I made them proud. And I think that that was the biggest thing that I had people that I didn't know that were calling me or texting me they they knew somebody else it's like oh my god i gotta send her a message and so through other people telling me how proud of me they were how i how i carried myself on good morning america but also being recognized for what i'm doing mm. and the community that it impacts so that that has been sort of surreal i still i don't think it's all still hit that even happened because that was just you know it's i don't it's some someday i was going to hit me and be like oh my god but it still hasn't really hit me but i'm happy that i made so many people proud and i did a good job <laughs> that was well i think you've already been doing a good job mm -hmm. i think people were also just I, I can't imagine somebody that was more deserving like you know just knowing the impact that you've made, it, it doesn't surprise me that there are people that love you that mm -hmm. are behind you that are excited for you that, that see, you know, this opportunity that you've gotten to be able to go and say, yeah, this is, this is deserved and, and so much more is deserved as well. So thank you very it's not much. Not over yet. It's not, yeah. over. there's a lot. That's, that's the great, you know, they always say like, uh, what is it? They call the Rose bowl, like the granddaddy, the granddaddy's still to come. Uh, yeah in a couple of weeks and that's going to be an experience as well. So yeah, <laughs> before you go, what is, what is the one thing that you are most looking forward to, um, with the premiere? Like the, is there one thing, a person you want to meet a thing you want to see? Like what's the one thing that, that you're incredibly excited for? I think I'm most excited. I mean, to meet people would be great. I love Zoe Saldana. But I think it's just seeing the movie first. I I think that's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, to not... I haven't really even thought about all of the other stuff beyond what am I wearing, who is doing my hair, where can I get my makeup? You know, just all of those superficial things. So mm -hmm. I think that I'm really focused on at this moment, I'm going to get to see the movie first. So. Yeah. yeah. But it also means that you have to wait a whole week before you can share it with anybody. Oh. And so not, not Tony, yes. you, you guys oh. can talk. Well, we could talk, but imagine yeah. like, like I can't imagine like if I'm so emotionally moved, like I, I, what was it? James Gunn, uh, posted a, a, a tweet today where it shows Mantis between Nebula and Drax and they look battered and they, you tell they're protecting her. And I, I just said, I just, I just retweeted and said, James, I will be yelling your name in the premiere. If you cause any emotional damage for me, <laughs> I can't do this. So if you hear me go, James gun, <laughs> I feel like you're going to say gonna that. Yeah. I think that that's happening. I think it is. Yeah. I, yeah, 
Yeah. I think that's going to happen more than a few times in this movie. Yeah. 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 It's going to be emotional. Well, Jade, it I is. can't wait to see you again in person. Um, yes. You know, and then, you know, you're going to be barred bar- bar- with my son. Um, trying to that talk about all right we're gonna I'm, I'm i'm trying to prepare him now not to talk about video games all day so um we we should be we should be we, good we, we just gotta hit on the right one and then i'm right there with him <laughs> yeah 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 well for him it's been non-stop watching guardians of the galaxy since we got back from the um from the good morning america segment oh, and man. he's been telling everybody about it and he's like we we've got i don't mine's hidden but you know the big ticket's gotta have to keep the big ticket and that's cool he wanted to tell he actually was in the airport and asked the lady that was sitting next to him. He's like, did you watch me on TV today? <laughs> wow. Uh, we're creating a monster. That's all. <laughs> no, just get him early. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. He's a list. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. done. It's, it's hard to go back. <laughs> yeah. So this has been, um, just a segment with us with, uh, with Jade Rogers, uh, the again, the founder and the chief innovation officer for uh, the House of Afros Capes and Curls. Please be sure to uh, follow the QR code. Find ways if you want to donate. Uh, please be sure to check that out. Um, and again, if you're in need of resources, you like you're you're needing something, and there's nothing in your area, um, go go on their website and utilize uh, what they have to offer. And and hopefully, it's just it's this is just the uh, the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jade, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Seriously. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to both of you. Wonderful, Mike, meeting you. You too. And I uh, look forward to more conversations because I won't have anybody else to talk to about this movie now that I think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that was absolutely amazing and just really fantastic just knowing about that organization um and we're one, definitely one of the best conversations we've had in a long time oh yeah oh yeah and and obviously i can't wait to go back and, and watch the nerd origin story since i fell off the face of the planet there for a minute. <laughs> that's awesome you um, <laughs> yeah yeah thankfully it was a short-lived thing um but you know thank you all for watching we really appreciate you um taking the time uh, again um i'm just gonna remind you here follow the qr code um to the afros caves curls uh website um, we would love for you guys to see how you could donate or um, utilize their resources. Um, and we're mm. definitely going to have Jade back in the future, either oh, just yeah. talking about what she loves um, in her fandoms or, you know, just, uh, you know, just to talk about what's going on. And mm. obviously we'll be seeing her at the red carpet. So uh, look at, look for any videos that I record from there. Uh, now we will be back uh, May the 12th. Um, we will not be here on the 28th. Uh, I will be coming back from Los Angeles at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll definitely at that time talk about the red carpet experience and we'll, we'll have somebody else on uh, to talk more about fandoms. So everyone have a wonderful evening. Good night, Michael. Good night.